Hello, 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 hello. What up, what up, what up? Hello, 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 hello. Good morning, world, on this beautiful Saturday. Don't tell them what day we record the podcast, on. Oh, secrets, right? This is a Tuesday. Sorry, Brian. I mean, oh no, I forgot I was supposed to use your fake name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Horrible superhero. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yo, you would have revealed my secret identity right quick. You're like, if, if I was Superman and you were Jimmy Olsen, you would have been like, Lois, did you know Clark is Superman? And be like, and scene. <laughs> Lex Luthor comes up to me. It's that guy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> the worst, this guy. So, good morning. Folks, it is Saturday, November 37th in the year of our Lord, 2704. There we go. I wrote the. We're doing this in the future. No, all joking aside, what's up, guys? This is That's Canon. It is a podcast done here on FranklinArmstrong.com. Hopefully, you guys are enjoying yourselves and enjoying the day as you sit back, relax, and listen to us as we're about to jump into another edition of our, our show. This is a season six. Uh, sorry, season two, episode six of this year. Uh, so far, you guys have heard us discuss some amazing titles, and I'm looking forward to discussing this one. This one's actually going to be turned into a TV series if it hasn't already aired, because by the time this episode comes out in... It's potentially to air. Yeah, it's already aired. It's uh, The pilot's already aired. For so you, sure. Yeah. Is it on Netflix? Yeah, it's, no, uh, no, it's, it's going to be on Sci-Fi. Oh. So the Sci-Fi Network is working on a series for Deadly Class, which is written, which is, uh, written by... I always forget his name. Uh, Wesley Craig, and I was looking at it the other day. I actually have a physical physical copy for once. It's Rick Remender, art by Wes Craig, colorist Lee Logright, letters and logos designed by Russ Wooton, and Sebastian Gurner is the editor. There you go. Uh, so Deadly Class is set in 1987, which was a lot of fun. I didn't realize mm. that when I picked it up initially. Mm -hmm. And I'm also really looking forward to seeing how they tell the story on the television series. So by the time you guys have listened to this, I have seen it. And I've probably already discussed it on Geektastic Cypher. So if you guys want to hear what I've said about Deadly Class, you can listen to the Geektastic Cypher episode that we do with that, episode, with that show listed as one of the subjects. Uh, if anything, I'll put it in the link to this yeah, when it go. comes out. Makes sense. When it finally comes out. Uh, my name is Brian Doc Holiday, and to my left, my co-host, my partner in crime, uh, not my ace boon coon, because he doesn't know what that means, so it would probably I, freak I, him out. I want to know what that means, <laughs> and I'm pretty sure I want to be it. <laughs> it's a like, um, it's a slang term for best friend. Aw, oh, yeah. God. See, this is why I didn't Too tell late. you. This is, Too this late. Is, this is why I didn't say We're anything. We're D&D &D right here. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> this is why you don't tell Dave Even anything. Duck. Right there. Oh, <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Keep introducing yourself, weirdo. <laughs> Not even properly looking at the camera. Uh, no, I'm Dave from no Squared. Camera. Oh, right. No camera. Um, no, I'm Dave from Squared Idea. And then I'm going to leave it to that. Squared-idea.com. Yes. yes. Yes, that's true. We said we were going to stop doing intros at the beginning well, of the show. I, uh, just the long version of it. Yeah, be. yeah, yeah. Day from Square Dash Idea. There you I'm go. Good with that. So, guys, the first segment that we do on this show, that's canon, is the elevator pitch. In this one, we kind of look at, we read what is written as a description, and then we do our own pitch as if we were the guy pitching it, if we were Remender and pitching it to the bosses over at Image. Uh, so, I'll read the the real one. Change the world with a bullet. It's 1987. And homeless teenager Marcus Lopez Aguerio has no reason to keep living. 
until one fateful evening, he's approached by a mysterious girl who invites him to join King's Dominion Atelier of the Deadly Arts, a brutal clandestine high school where the world's top crime families send their next generation of assassins to be trained. Murder is an art, killing a craft, and a dagger in your back is no metaphor. I feel like you, you at the end of that last bit, you were like a little disappointed. You're like, really? Yeah, yeah, I was. <laughs> like, really? I, I thought there was going to be more to this. Like, you're like, I might do a better elevator yeah, yeah, pitch yeah. than the back of the book right now. Well, I'm going to let you go first because you actually had a good one. Because you, when you mentioned it earlier. Oh, did it? Yeah, when you were saying it earlier, you you, you said like Fight Club meets... Oh, little, oh well, yeah, was gonna, yeah. that was actually going to be my elevator pitch, but... Yeah, I, I'll, I'll make that analogy later on. But actually, I have a, a slightly different. By all means, what I think a, a little bit more comical pitch. But no, I'd be going. So I'd be going in the elevator, and be like, "Yo, man, so uh, I have an idea about a school." He's like, and then my boss is like, oh, "No, no, the school's like, no, 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 check, check, check." So we're gonna we're gonna completely do the X Men thing. But instead of them being mutants, they're gonna be assassins. All right, all right. Instead of being Jubilee. It's going to be some punk kid off the street who we're not sure is sane or not because we're not sure if his parents died or not because, like, he says that. But, you know, he seems like he's a bit of coquette, so you don't know if he's telling the truth or not. And then, like, you know, instead of being Professor X, it's going to be, like, this, like, stereotypical, like, Chinese version of Magoo. Oh. <laughs> who's going to be their mentor. And then it's going to be, like, you know, essentially Fight Club on acid the rest of the way yeah that's 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 my my elevator pitch okay <laughs> i mean uh, i feel like the essentially it's kind of what i guess x-men would be on acid that's pretty like no that powers. is probably yeah <laughs> no powers x-men on acid full full killing mode you're playing like it's like you're playing mortal Kombat, uh expert level full blood and gore all the time. All the time. Uh, you know, the characters' motivations are very confusing in the first one. So I, I get into the elevator. I'm just like, hey, boss, I, I got a pitch for you. Okay, what's that? Uh, I want to do a story about a kid. He's a street kid. You know, I just saw this homeless guy outside, this young homeless guy outside. And, you know, instead of giving him money and helping him, I thought, let's write a comic book about that kid and never give him credit. Uh, so it's about some kid. He's on the streets. And he wants to pick himself up by the bootstraps, but he's also crazy suicidal. Uh, and he's kind of just stuck between these two things of like actually constantly doing the right thing to stay alive, but also kind of wanting to die. He's passive suicidal is essentially what he is. And he gets, he you know, th when he finally starts to give up, someone pulls him back and then brings him to a school and they tell him, hey, how about you join the school of assassins? By the way, everyone thinks that he's one of the world's most insane psychopathic killers and he actually isn't sure why at first or at least we're going to make it vague to the writers as to why uh, to the readers as to why at first and, and the then, writers and yeah and the yeah and the writers that freudian slip was well placed <laughs> and and that's what we're going to do and then that's what we'll go from there oh okay how many characters are you going to have too many i'm going to put too many people <laughs> also i'm going to tell i'm going to get craig to draw it west craig to draw it and he's going to draw some of the characters the exact same way so you're not sure who's who sometimes when you're reading the comic okay that sounds really confusing yeah, but it's about this homeless kid outside that I'm not giving credit to, so we don't owe anybody money. It's going to seem like an original idea. That's horrible. Let's do it. <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> like that's... the gung-ho. Yeah, let's do it. 
So we're going to talk about the, some of those things a little bit later in the show. Uh, but that's the first segment. That is called The Elevator Pitch. But now we're going to be going into our next segment. This is called What If? It's a new segment here that we're mm-hmm. starting. And the idea behind this segment is you take a character and it's kind of like the Marvel What Ifs, but you're the one pitching it to us. So myself and our other co-host, Tobes, who is not here this week, he will be here in the future for this segment. But you're pitching it to us and you're trying to convince us why it would be a good idea to just write the story in the what if way. Yeah. Yeah. So this week, Dave is going to be telling us one. He's got one. Oh, he's he's taking out the phone. Taking out the notes. Dave's pretty serious about this. I always take out the notes. Got to take out the notes, especially with all your... It's ever been since your encyclopedia fiasco over here. I don't understand what you're talking about. There was no fiasco. I was told to pick a character. I picked up an encyclopedia. (laughs) I looked through it, and I picked a character. Is it my fault that I have multiple DC encyclopedias? (laughs) No. Actually, yes, I'm the one who bought them. <laughs> yeah, so. I was about to say that. I'm like, you got to dig up, stupid. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. All right, all right, so. What are my, you pitching me today? My, my pitch to you today. I have a check, like a checklist of things that I like. My pitch today is that I think Beast should become, should convert to being Dark Beast. Okay, all right? okay. So, for those who don't know what Dark Beast is, Dark Beast is uh, the alter alter not, not alter ego it's, well he's from uh, a different earth he's a different earth he's a different yeah. earth he's from the age of apocalypse uh it's basically what if beast was bad instead of good mm. uh he works for apocalypse with mr sinister he ends up working to enhance uh mutants uh trying to elevate them because they lived in a like the world's like uh the fittest survive mm. survival of the fittest and he doesn't mind uh, when doing his experiments to like hurt people. Uh, he actually has a pretty rich history. He's actually, I found out that he's actually the creator of the Morlocks, which I never knew. In his world? Not no, no. In our world, he's the creator of the Morlocks. In the 616. Yeah, because basically when, when, okay. the, when the, because the Age of Apocalypse timeline collapses initially, yeah. he's one of the very few people who escape. When he escapes, he's sent 20 years into the past. He loses his memory oh. and a frost... He ends up crossing Emma Frost, who gives, who helps him rebuild the bit, and then like when he turns insane again, he basically creates the Morlocks. Uh, he, there was so at one point in the six one six universe, twenty years before the st- standard canon of Beast, <laughs> there's another Hank McCoy. Yeah, in or the Hank, top, that's yeah. his name, right? Hank yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's he has the same name, but he's thrown right away into the sewers. Like he's living like oh. a, he's like a New York City crocodile type life for okay. a while. So and he's already mutated then. Yeah, he's completely that, he, It's mutated. not like Hank, because Hank doesn't start out that way. No, exactly. Okay, okay, like, okay, he okay. ends up experimenting. And then later on in the series, actually, uh, there is a point where he actually kidnaps Beast. Okay. Uh, right before the Onslaught story arc. Oh, I have that one. He, uh, he actually abducts Beast, goes into pretending to be Beast, and uh, in order to keep his, uh, his secret a secret, he actually yeah. ends up going back and to like all of Beast's old friends and teachers and kills them off so that people oh. can't question them. It's, it's pretty dark. But anyways, so the reason why I'm saying that Beast should turn into Dark Beast because A, Dark Beast ends up actually dying in our timeline. I think he ended up being brought back, but the last time I read, he he got killed. Okay. Uh, he got killed in one of the, the panels of X-Force or Uncanny X-Force. Okay. And why I'm saying that Beast should be uh, Dark Beast for the following. First of all, as much as I like Beast... Uh, and I don't think Beast is necessarily 
overlooked, but he's never been properly used, right? Like he's not been used properly in like he's been used properly in movies and TV shows, but he's never been the focal point. He's always been a supporting cast member. And it's not because he's not good or anything like that, it's just because all the main stories have never really revolved around him. The only time recently that a story revolved around him in comic books, which is actually one of the reasons why it's going to help support why I think that he should turn into Dark Beast is that the only recent story arc that he had that he was the main guy, quote unquote, was when he brought back all of the young X-Men. Yeah. The original X-Men, because he needed to bring himself back to find a cure for himself, I believe. Yeah. So, but the thing is, when he was doing that, he he did a Dark Beast thing, which is he didn't care about any of the rules. He's not supposed to go back in time. The machines that he was doing, all the experiments even leading before that, like when they found out about him bringing them back, it wasn't yeah. just like, oh, you lied to us. Oh, you broke a time yeah. rule. Yeah. And now they're here and this is all wrong. They ended up finding out like, wait, you've been doing like experiments and like the types of experiments and things that he was doing mm -hmm. was very like, this is dark. This is not who you are. Yeah. It's very reminiscent of Dark Beast who also never gave a shit. Yeah. He doesn't mind hurting or doing like, anything. Okay. But uh, wait, let me give me two seconds. And the, well, I mean, uh, you've already spoke for five minutes, so let me jump in. Okay, sorry. <laughs> uh, I feel like what you're describing right now, though, is exactly why we don't need him. But we, we need because him. Because Beast is already going down that path without being Dark Beast. Yeah, but the thing is they haven't pulled the trigger, and that happened a while ago now. Yeah, and I they, know. Yeah, yeah. And the other like reason why it would be good is because, frankly, right now, the X-Men knew is a little lacking on the bad guys. They've done a lot of converting of bad guys to good guys. For example, you have Mystique, yeah. you have Magneto, you have Namor. Yeah, it's kind of boring. Like, it's starting to get to... Like, you had Dark Phoenix, or sorry, the Phoenix saga of the Phoenix Five, but when that came out, at the end of the day, that was okay. We took yeah, five guys to make to good... Like, you make yeah. good guys, bad guys, but at the end of the day, it was to make them good again. And then, well, except for Cyclops. But he technically died. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, oh, yeah, that's true. Because he, he's, he's like, uh, you find out later on that it's really Emma Frost, like, doing a projection of him, and he eventually fades away. Like, the actual Cyclops has been dead for a while. Yeah, when did he die? Uh, somewhere shortly after or during the Phoenix. That That is such a bad retcon already. Mm -hmm. Because that scene with Wolverine in the prison, where he says Cyclops was... One day a kid will be wearing a t-shirt that says Cyclops was right. Yeah. And then Quentin ends up wearing that T-shirt later on. Yeah, that means that was just a projection talking to Wolverine. Ugh. Yeah, so it's a little annoying. But that being yeah, that's said, true. That is a really yeah. So I agree that for the purposes of making the X universe more interesting in the writing right now, that would be good. It's However, all, that's all the drama that you need. The problem with what you're like, I I I actually agree with you. The problem is. They're never going to do that with a founding member. They're always going to bring him back. Because they, they always... That's the whole thing. Cyclops, retcon to be dead already. Gene, mm -hmm. retcon... Not retcon, but Gene, always described as being corrupted by the power of the Phoenix. Mm -hmm. So she's never actually the bad guy. Oh, poor Gene. She's corrupted by the strength of the Phoenix. It's not her own... It's not her fault. Well said. Uh, you know, Beast. That's the thing. You could also argue the same for Archangel. Yeah. Another but, founding member. Yeah, that's the thing. For all founding members, it always comes back to, oh, but it's not their fault. But he never or converted. they didn't actually do it. But the thing is, he never converted. Like, Beast has always been the guy who's been on the straight and narrow, which is why it would be really sure. cool. It, in fact, it'd but, be really good to bring him, to make him 
convert. Yeah. And then team up with Sinister. No, but what That'd I'm saying cool. is you've already the what you described, it sounds like they're already laying the groundwork for an out down the road. So I agree oh, with you. Possible. I agree with you. They should do it. But they've already built their out in. Because they're gonna turn around and say that, you know, Evil Beast or Dark Beast was the one that brought them back. Dark Beast was the one who was doing this. Dark Beast did this. It was never actually Beast the whole time. But I, I feel like if, Which you're, is, if you're gonna pull the trigger you, you 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 make him Dark Beast, but you never call him Dark Beast. Like you actually make him oh. change as like you make yes. him like he actually snap. becomes dark, but yeah. the, isn't the, the isn't the the Dark Beast from yeah. the other reality? Like if you were to bring one back, the Dark Beast would be like, finally, like can we yeah tear shit up now? Yeah, let's do this. Yeah, because okay. they have because ironically they have worked together. Yeah, but they they separated because once they finished their goal, they're like, well. You're evil. And the guy, the guy was like, "Well, you're good." So yeah, was that the storyline with the the presidency? I think so. Where the what's her name? Who's the one with the lights? Dazzler. Dazzler does because Dazzler becomes president in a in a timeline. Does she? Yeah, that whole uh, Adam X or the X Atom that story mm -hmm. that was like through five or six different X universe titles. There's one future timeline where Dazzler is running for president and there's a whole anyways. She's a she's a, a person who I find has a very convoluted like story. Right now? In general, like for example, because she was even brought back um in the X-Men and was found out that uh It was Mystique. Magneto or Mystique oh. or something was experimenting on her to Mystique. get it was Mystique. Hey, Mystique it, was pretending to be her and using her gene to create drugs. Yeah, exactly. And then she found out. Uh, no, but she was being tortured. She was kept. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But that's why, because she was drugged. She didn't, oh, she didn't yeah, even yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. It's when she woke up and found out what was going on. She then kind of went almost crazy. And that's when we got, uh, that. and this was probably the one of the worst things they've ever done. You had Dazzler and then you had like angry Dazzler who was punk no. because she's angry now. And essentially she was drawn to look exactly like Storm in the 80s, but inverted. Yeah. And then she eventually went to the shield and then you're like, this is, yeah, that, yeah. this is just like, you're just no. Yeah. Cause she was the liaison, the, the mm. shield mutant liaison. Yeah. 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 I remember. Yeah. It was bad writing. Yeah. All I have to say, I think B should be. I think B should be evil. I think, he, and I say that because it's one of those guys like you've been a good so two for like Beast thirty years, yeah, and now you finally like. Broke. I'm with you. What if Beast was evil? I'm I'm down. My only problem is knowing the writers and based on what you just described, they already have their out, and that's what sucks. I wish that if they were going to do it, or if they're going into this storyline, there's no out. They don't have the option to just be like, mind you. They can always retcon because that's how they do. Because I didn't think they would ever have an out for Cyclops and everything he did. Yeah. And then they, the out was Emma Frost was projecting him. What? Yeah. Like there's yeah. like legit scenes where it wouldn't make sense that Emma Frost was somehow projecting Cyclops. But she's not, if she's knocked unconscious, how can he be in the room? Period. Stuff like that. There's, yeah, there's, there's, yeah. there's definitely, I mean, definitely they would be like, oh, that never happened. But if you were to like go through the comics, I bet you could yeah. figure out a time where oh, yeah. he's well, talking to someone she's not unconscious. But, and that's the other thing. Her abilities lead, lend to her being able to create solid state. Yeah, because it, a projection, because like he, he did things, right? It wasn't just, yeah. It wasn't like, oh, he just talked to everyone and then walked into a room. Dude, and then I'm came telling out. you that like that scene with him and Wolverine where he's, where he's asking Wolverine to kill him. He doesn't ask him to kill him, but he's arguing with him and Wolverine's like pops the claws and 
then Wolverine stops and he realizes he's like, wait, this is what you want. And Cyclops is just sitting on the floor laughing and he's just like, and then that's when he says the, the line, mm-hmm. you know, one day a kid will be wearing a t-shirt that says Cyclops was right. And he's like smiling and Wolverine realizes just like, he's gone. Like he's lost. Yeah. But the like that and that, that was one of my favorite scenes. Yeah, because you know what? And why, then to find out that it's a project, like yeah. Anyways, and you know why that was also a really horrible situation is because that was like, oh, so now you're evolving Magneto and Professor X through Wolverine and Cyclops. Basically, that's yeah. how I always saw it. I saw it like, oh, we can now potentially kill or put Magneto and Professor X oh, yeah. on the shelf, yeah. and still have that. Oh yeah, is Professor story. X dead? Yeah, I know. That's another like, thing. It's I like, find like that's one thing. That's one thing that's kind of annoying with all these. You kill them and then you bring them back. Yeah. And you, kill them, you, you lose track and you're like, yeah. you know what? Like, just leave it, or at least leave it for like a while. Yeah, I legit don't know if Professor X is alive or dead. Anyways, so yeah, so that's what if. If you guys have your own thoughts or opinions on Dark Beast or Beast turning into a darker version of himself in this what if, let us know. Hit us up. You can always hit us up on at A Strong Franklin on Instagram. Hit us up on Facebook. That's facebook.com slash Franklin Armstrong, D-O-T-C-O-M. Going into our next segment, we're going to be talking about this title once again. This is Deadly Class, written by Remender. uh, Remender? I always say his name wrong. Remender. I need to remember how to say remember. <laughs> Where's Rick the remender, drum set? <laughs> I know. I wish I, I you know what? I should get that. Boom boom. Uh Wes Craig, Lee Lurock, R- Russ Wooten, w Wu Ton, W O O T O N would be what? Wu Ton. Right? Yeah. And Sebastian Gurnier, who I think might be French. Sebastian Gurnier would probably be how you Gernier. the editor. Uh so once again, this is a volume 1. This collects uh, the first issues of the title. And it's called Reagan Youth, 1987. So where do we start? Okay, so I, I mean, start at the beginning. What, what what are your initial thoughts? Because there's a whole issue okay, that right, you yeah. that you go out and you're just following essentially a bum. Yeah, so you're following a sans domicile fixe, as some of the kids say in in Quebec, uh, or uh, SDF sans domicile fixe. Yeah, and then uh, then homeless bum street man hobo hobo. Uh, actually, isn't a hobo someone who's traveling? Isn't that the still definition of bum? Is it? It's a guy who does. It's 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 a it's a homeless nomad. Yeah. Okay. Hobo. No homeless nomad. Uh, but let's stick to the real thing. Homeless kid. Uh, he was in the he was in the foster care system because his parents died tragically from a suicide death. Yeah. So someone committed suicide, jumped off of a bridge, landed on his parents. That's gotta suck. Died in I, front I, of him. I felt on that one. Yeah, that one was pretty dark. So he's on the streets. He's living his life. He's trying to be a good person. Is he though? He, I mean, he's because he's still stealing, and he was gonna beat the shit out of a dude with a crowbar. Stealing at one to point. survive doesn't beat the dude with a crowbar because he realizes the the guy needed the shoes more than he did. That's true. That's why I'm saying he's a good that's person. True. He's because that's the point. That's what I find interesting about this. He's he goes into an assassin school, tells everybody he wants to kill Reagan, but at the core of the character. When he has the chance to attack people or to defend himself, he generally doesn't attack. Well, he has, and all those times that he's killed is heavy manipulation to do so. But he does admit that he has a dark voice, and he always he makes reference saying that that dark voice is getting stronger. Yeah, but he still hasn't done anything. Like, oh, but he does. He does say how at one point in time when he because at one point in time there's this guy who thinks he's better than him because he's asking for money on the street and he ends up stealing his wallet and then he's reciting 
how he thinks he should stalk this guy because he now has his address and I might go and beat the fuck out of him. Yeah, but he doesn't. He doesn't. Dude. Two thirds of the way In your life, you're telling me you've never had interactions with someone and thought, I should just crack this dude's skull open. I'm thinking right now. No, (laughs) No, but like joking aside, we all have moments where we're angry. So you're a homeless person. You walk up to a guy, you're asking for change. What did the guy give him? He didn't even give him. No, he didn't give him money. He gave him attitude. Yeah, that's it. But there was like a jo- joke to the tip, like here's, yeah, like he, he, he like here's your tip: be a better person. Yeah, or something. Or like here's that. the want ads or something. Yeah, yeah. So it's just like I'm homeless. This guy is talking down to me. He definitely thinks he's better than me. Obviously, he has the money. Blah blah. blah. Mm. He's being rude. So what do I do? I pickpocket him. And it's like, well, to you, man, I'm gonna take your money. So I take the wallet, and then you're just like, you know what? I should teach this for a good lesson. Like yeah. th- I'm not gonna. Yeah. That's not yeah. evil to me. That's human no, nature that's of human anger. Nature. You're right. Yeah. No, you're right. So that's what I'm saying. Like this whole deadly class. When you start reading it, and you're like, "Oh, it's a deadly class." I expected there to be a lot more violence and aggression and evil at the beginning. Like I, you know, when you see the when everyone's described it to me, and you see the cover, you know, they're all holding weapons. Yeah. You know, they're dressed to the tilts of looking angry, aggressive, and dangerous. Mm. The flip side is them as skeletons. You're just like, "All right, we're gonna get to some dark stuff." The first arc, the first like introduction comic or chapter or whatever it's not dark it's just a no, homeless it even has kid. fear and loathing elements so it's like yeah and it's sad it's actually to me it's it's, it's a little heartbreaking i, I find the, it really sad yeah like he's on he's on the streets because the system doesn't work which mm-hmm. is a, a constant comment in the states about the health yeah. about the not healthcare. that's a whole other foster issue. care foster care system in the states people mm-hmm. like tv shows books everything that you've ever heard you know, it's always a thing of you don't want to go into the system. Mm. Parents don't want their kids in the system. Like, so when I'm reading this, I'm just like, okay, so he was a kid in the system, a system that my entire life entertainment has told me is horrible. Mm. Two, he's on the streets and people talk down to him and treat him like crap. Three, the same homeless people he's on the streets with are, you know, taking advantage of his situation. That guy steals his shoes while he's sleeping, takes his bag, mm. all that stuff. So that, to me, the first part was just sad. And I was actually kind of annoyed because I was just like, sure, build the element of making me feel connected to the character, but it's a comic book and you call it Deadly Class. I don't need to feel connected to an assassin. I'm not going to love an assassin more. He's still going to end up murdering people, something I myself have never genuinely wanted. Like, I've been angry, but I've never actually wanted to kill someone. So I don't really empathize with murderers. Agreed, but I feel... Sympathy for the devil. That's what I want to say. But one thing about this specifically, this book, at least with how you read the first issue. Yeah. Because you, you definitely realize by the end of the first issue that you, you could see the direction they're going in. Yes. By the end of the first yes. issue. You, yeah. you definitely know that. Yeah. But because of how the first issue was written to me right away, I knew right away, I'm like, this is going to be a slow burn. Mm. I, I knew right away, I'm like, okay, based off of this yeah. one issue, I need to give this at least three before I think anything will start happening. Oof. Which is true. That's true. Because the first, the first issue is very much... This is who I am. Yeah. Second issue is, okay, this is where you're living. Yeah. And then the third issue is, well, this is your first assignment, which if you put all those together really puts you in the world. It tells you who you're going to be dealing with. Yeah. It tells you how many characters you're going to be dealing with. It tells you with the mindset that you're going to be dealing with. Yeah. And then the last three issues is like completely great in my opinion. Well, sorry, because the first, just so people know, the first story arc is about six issues long. Uh, and to be honest, at the end of all of it, I want to definitely read more. Like the one thing that was really cool about this 
book is like how it was written. Uh, the art style is amazing, in my opinion. And it's, I don't know, it's it's, it's just very provocative, I find. Here, okay, the art style is amazing at the beginning. But once you get to the school, the artist doesn't have the skill to draw to differ to draw characters differently though that i found was i felt was a problem but did you do you say that because of like when he's walking down the the, the hallways and all the kids look the same no or you find that literally character like the main characters look the same literally the main characters look the same the kid who is a um the kid that's part of his clique who's a blonde like punk who's supposed to be like an 87 80s punk mm. looks the same as the hillbilly kid from the Dixie Mafia. Mm. And then the FBI guys look the same as the other blonde guys that they hang out with. Like, that was one of my problems. When I was reading it, I couldn't tell. Like, here, like, so uh, when you get to, when he finally starts at the school and, he re and okay. he's going through the halls and you see all the different cliques hanging out. And he's in the cafeteria. So, standard cafeteria storyline. You know, f new kid in the school. Mm. Everyone's heard stories about him, so no one really likes him. He's mm. walking with this tray. He's like, where do I sit? You got the, you know, instead of the jocks, it's the Dixie Mafia. Uh, you know, instead of the cheerleaders, it's the, like, um, yes, Yakuza. Like, yeah. So he's walking through, and it's just like the Yakuza's looking at him like, go away. You know, the... 8th Street Gang, Compton, look, yeah. they all, they're like, put out, they put their hands and one of them's holding a knife, you know, and so he's like, okay, well, where do I, where are my loners? Where are my outcasts? And then he goes outside and he finds his outcast. Three of the five outcasts you see look the same. Two of them are drawn blonde one, and one of them it's is true, drawn their bald. Their faces, it's true. And then later on in the story, as you continue, there were times where I'm reading and I legit could not tell which character is supposed to be which? Especially the kid who tries to fight uh, Billy. Chico? Well, no, oh. but Chico, I know who was Chico because Chico is drawn uh, L.A. gang style. He wears the the he has a button up shirt with the top button or maybe open, and he has a bandana, and he's always after his girlfriend. Uh, what's her name? Marie. Mar Maria. Maria. Yeah. Maria. So you can, I, I kind of knew that was him because I recognized him, and I was just like, okay, cool, that's Maria, and that's Chico because Chico. That's the thing. Had Chico been with his click i probably wouldn't have been able to tell which one was chico because they're all drawn similarly but maybe and that was a problem for me with the artist like don't get me wrong there are segments where the art is amazing the i think all the 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 vegas yes vegas was, psychedelic was trips but like the, when i'm reading it and i can't tell who's who at times that bothered me because mm. then i was just like wait which like for example, oh no, okay, see this is my mistake because I read ahead. I read volume two also. Mm. But in volume two, there's another kid that they bring in to help them with something. And that kid looks exactly like the punk kid. Really? And and then I was just like, and then there's panels where they're trying to figure out where did this kid go? Where did this kid go? And they're showing panels of where the kids go, and I'm like, which one's which? Mm. Like I don't know which is which. So that's my so maybe in this one, maybe it's not as bad as I thought, but it's definitely really bad the whole way through mm. in general well i think okay so i maybe, still like the art yeah i i just think that the art's Oops, uh provocative like it, yeah. it, it's, it's eye-catching yes it's eye-catching and and like you're saying what, what's the uh, the lsd trip you just mentioned it uh fear Lo and loathing yeah. las vegas because just just to give like a quick sum of of the story arc so 
we have Marcus, who's a homeless kid. Yeah. Uh, parents died in a tragic accident because of a, a suicide yeah, uh, jumper, yeah. who yeah. I think is, I think that's a whole plant later on. I think that was like planned, but that's just my, So far, my I can tell you volume one and volume two, it's not addressed. I, I, I think it's a conspiracy theory later on, but okay. teach his own. Uh, so then eventually... Uh, some people end up coming after him. These, these cops, for X reason or another, uh, this girl ends up saving him from the cops. He's not really sure why they're chasing him. And then this girl brings her him to her clique, which then the clique brings her them to her their master. And their master's yeah. like, "Oh, well, do you we want to be part of our assassin school?" Uh, this this master being, uh, as I mentioned jokingly before, a Asian Mister Magoo. It looks really funny. It's the exact first thing I thought about it. It was really, I don't know. I don't know if that's what they were going for, but I'm like, if he falls off or bumps into somebody and like has this whole like near death experience while like creating like his, the outcome he wanted, I was going to be like, this is definitely Mr. Magoo. Yeah. Uh, but no, they, they bring him there and he's like, oh, well, do you want to be part of it? Uh, he questions it. Then the guy's like, oh, well, you question it. So I'm not going to let you in the school. The girl that initially brought him in, which was this girl, Saya, she's like, oh, I'll vouch for him. Yeah. So he goes into the school. He gets picked on for the first day or so. Well, yeah, but the, like, that's the thing. Everything you're describing and as much as it's part of the story, to me, I felt like the story could have started there. It, it was a little fluff. It was, yeah, it was pure. Like, the, the first uh, issue and a half is pure character. Yeah, yeah. Pure, pure character. It's, you're a little lost. And, but once again, my issue with it was more, I don't need sympathy for the devil. Mm. I don't need you to establish this longing connection to the character at the beginning because you are also writing the character as a murderer. And I won't feel sympathy for him no matter what. He's not like when he's murdering people. The idea that he's forced to murder these people because he chooses to go to this school, but he chooses to go to this school because he literally has nothing else. Yeah, he, he literally says he does not want to be alone. Yeah. He has a fear only because, of being alone. Yeah, because and like you were saying, and this is uh, this is where I agree with you. The darkness has gotten to a point where he's legitimately suicidal. Yeah. Like he, it was one thing where he like he had the dark thoughts. It's another thing now where he's like on the streets. I think the first two issues is like the span of a year and a bit, too. Right? Yeah. So you've gone through a lot and he's kind of just like, I really don't know if I can keep doing this. Like, I'm really having a tough time now. And then that's like you said, Saya shows up. So from for me, I would have been okay if the first if they'd done snippet panels of the year, one page and then just jumped in and then him at the ledge about to commit suicide. Saya shows up. I didn't need a page and a half because what the other thing is. Later on in the story, mm. he's supposed to, you know, they start the school, all that stuff. They get the first assignment. The first assignment is they have to kill a homeless person. He teams up with the kid from they, uh, an evil homeless person. They have to convince. They have to yeah. make sure that the the homeless yeah. person that they chose is an has evil in them. Yes, and the school has to be able to uh, confirm that. Yeah, confirm it. Yeah. So you know, they pick a person that they're gonna kill. Yeah. He, you know, because there's this one guy that when Marcus was living on the streets, he used to hear stories that this guy would tell because he's an uh, army veteran and he told stories about burning villages in Vietnam. 
Well, no, no. How it starts off is he knew a, a veteran, and the veteran knew about another guy. Yeah. And he's saying that that other guy is an evil person, and he's just saying that a bunch of evil stuff about him. And then him and Marcus's partner. Because, I thought they both were ev- like had been in the war. Well, no, uh, I'm not sure if they were both in the war. Because the thing is, he starts talking to him. He starts saying like, "Yo, this there's this guy on the street. Yeah, that yeah, I yeah. know of. He's evil." Then then Marcus and his his team his team member on the assignment who. Ends up Willie, yeah. who has a reputation for killing five gangsters originally, and then you find out that it was actually a cover up. His uncle killed five guys who end up killing his dad, yeah. and said, "Take this gun, say it's you, so that you don't get like eaten up on the streets." Um, so they go and they try and kill that that bum from the other bum's info. He finds out that it's the guy who tried to sh- steal his shoes to begin with. He's like, "I can't go through this. We can't kill this guy." Then when they go back to the original bum, because they're like, well, we well, won't be able to go here's back. Here's the we thing, though. No, but hold on. They, they, no, no, they, no, but you're saying it wrong. Because he does want to kill that guy. He tells him to shoot. Yeah, but he, yeah, but he, has, he has a moment of, he has a moment of well, uh, hesitation. I mean, the hesitation was. No, no, but even, even uh, Marcus has a moment of hesitation. Yeah, but Marcus has a moment of hesitation because he realizes who the guy is. Yeah. But at the same time, he does tell Willie to shoot. Yeah, but that's also when Willie finally confesses to him, like, hey, I'm not this badass gangster yeah, killer. No, no, no. Like, that, that was a segue for him com- admitting. No, I, I know. I know that. But I'm saying, because you're saying that he had second thoughts. From my perspective, Marcus didn't have second thoughts. Marcus was hesitant because he just realized, oh, I sacrif- I didn't kill this guy the first time. It's karmic that I'm being told to kill this guy now. Okay. That's how I saw it. Okay, that's fair. Because and because that com- brings it full circle to like for every action, there's a reaction. there's a re- reaction. Okay. So you didn't kill this guy earlier. You're now being forced to kill him by the karmic powers that be. Yeah. But they still don't, don't kill, kill him, him, which leads to more trouble. Yeah. Because then they go back to the original bum. Yeah. Who gave him the information? Yeah. But then that during their conversation with him, because they're debating, well, we might have to live on the streets now because we might not be able to go back to the school because we didn't finish the assignment. And this is and, where Marcus snaps. And because that's when that guy finally is like, oh, well, you guys are you're you you guys like don't have it bad. And he starts talking about now he confesses that he burnt down uh, yeah. villages. And then he calls him a pretty boy, which sets off some crazy memory yeah. in Marcus's thing. In Marcus's brain, and then Marcus brutally murders the guy. Yeah, which is like well, it looks like he had been touched because he has flashbacks of yeah, yeah. someone touching him. And I mean, they've shown us the school, so you find you see the school he went to later on in Volume mm-hmm. Two, and you start yeah. to get a bigger picture of that. And then, and then the the school when they go back and they say, "Oh, well, we killed the guy." The schools are like, "Well, or- we can't orphanage." Con- sorry. Orphanage, yeah. You, they, that's when they said we couldn't confirm that the guy that you said killed that he actually did evil. Yes, and, yes, and, and yes, then he's yes. put in the uh, the hole or the yeah, sol- essentially solitary. solitary. Yeah. <laughs> now, my thing with all of it is, I don't like. I feel like we were trying again. The writer is trying to manipulate us into feeling pity for the devil, because every time Marcus has done an act of violence so far, it's always countered with. Oh, there's a real reason. Mm. So killing the guy who was who called him pretty boy flashback to him being touched and called pretty boy. Mm. Yes, I 100 think it's 100 percent think it's horrible. You've been touched living your life on the streets, always being stuck. Does it justify murdering the guy now in the streets? No, no. But that's what makes him look psychotic, though. If anything, yeah. And that's the thing. It's kind of weird how the writer wrote it 
to be sympathy for the devil, but flipped to also he's also crazy. Mm. And I and that was one of the problems I had with the writing because I was never sure if the writer was trying to make us the writer wrote that first arc where, you know, you really get the sense of, oh, you know, this poor kid, he had a rough life, blah, blah, blah. Oh, okay, look at what he's becoming because of that rough life. Mm-hmm. So, again, for me, it, trying to establish that and then trying to make me feel sorry for him because he's a murderer. And then every time he kills, trying to expl- trying to give me an out, he kills the first time. He almost kills someone the first time. Oh, well, you know, he lives on the streets. He's having a rough life. They go. He decides to kill this guy that time. Willie doesn't kill him. There's an out again. He kills the guy who calls him pretty boy. Oh, he had an, a, a kind of psychotic break. He kills so-and-so's dad later on. Oh, he was on drugs. He's high. He attacks somebody else here. Oh, you know, there's always there's always a reason as to, to justify his kills. And but, that's what I didn't like about it because it's called deadly class. They're assassins. Let me see him actually be psychotic. But no, that's the whole point. I feel like he's not supposed to be psychotic. But you keep showing me a character who is... He wants to kill Reagan. He's crazy. This is true. But I think... Excuse me. Like, that's my problem. He is actually crazy. But you're trying to, you know, gloss over the fact that this kid is crazy. But I think that's why... But that's why I call it a slow burn. I think it's going to be something that, like, if you were to continue, it's going to end up being layer, 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 layer. And then it's going to be like, well, yeah, this guy's just crazy now. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, I yeah. think it's I think it's the development of a crazy person, but you know he's going to be it. So you're looking like it's designed in a way that now you're as you're reading, you're looking for the 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 stones, if yeah. you will. My problem is that I feel and I, I mentioned this only because the show is going to be coming when they're going to do the show. I feel like the show is going to go even softer on trying to make him look like a redeemable character. It, de- it depends on on honestly the that a critique on that it would just depend on how dark they go because it depends on how sci-fi wants to do it because well, i mean is, they did is, happy and happy's dark which if anything that supports i think they'll do a good job fingers crossed that's that, that's my concern if you were gonna and you know i want the wanted level of dark yeah like when I read Wanted and I saw how crazy and dark and evil characters were in Wanted, I was just like, "That is refreshing." That someone was willing. No, but it is. I'm just saying, like, it's refreshing that that they're, they're that dark. That's just funny comments because they're that crazy. It's you know, a lot of human nature is to write these. Even if you're going dark, you're still trying to find the like silver lining to the story. Oh, this person does this because they're this kind of person. Nemesis wanted those are the types of stories i like where evil is evil that's it Mm. we are following the evil character and the evil character is doing the evil and that's it i want some of those stories because i'm not evil and i don't and i'm not living through those characters but it's interesting to to say it sounds like you're trying to live vicariously I, I, i like seeing how you write them and i like seeing i like seeing how writers try and find the motivation in the characters and develop the motivation in the characters. In Wanted, the motivation throughout the whole thing is this kid is weak. Wes is a weak character. He feels weak. He feels like nothing. Everyone takes advantage of him. Everyone's always trying to kill him. Everyone's always trying to shit on him. And then he decides, I'm going to be better and stronger than everybody. I'm going to show you that I can take advantage. And then he becomes the leader and he becomes the star of Wanted. In Nemesis, that character is psychotic. 
That character is evil. That character is like if the Joker was off the leash. And, you know, the excuse for the Joker being evil. Oh, he's hyper sane. He knows it's all fake. It doesn't actually matter. So he can do this stuff. Mm. Nemesis. There's no excuse. He's just crazy. Wanted. There's no excuse. He is a manipulative, narcissistic person in the end. Marcus. I want Marcus to generally be evil. I want evil characters in books that are called Deadly Class. But the thing is, though, you know one thing about it, and this is something I alluded to earlier. Yeah. There's. I have two theories about the book. Mm. It's either A... His de- parents' death was planted. I think. So. Mm. I don't think the person committed suicide. I think someone was like, "Yep, yep, yep." yep, yep just, so it's just, the Batman. You, you, you push. It's and, a Bruce Wayne. Yeah. Uh, angle. Okay. Yeah. I think some. Or but, sorry. Better yet, the Terry McGillis angle. Yes. Yes. Sorry, yeah. because yeah. Batman it wasn't set up, no, but Terry, Terry McGillis is actually, actually set, set up. up. Or it was. It was no Terry McGillis was expected to be set up. The person bailed, but still, and then it happened anyway. Ha- yeah. Okay. But this is like someone did it. Or I have a theory hmm. that he's just a lying little shit. I think he's lying to us. I think he left his family. I think he did not like his family. I think oh. I think maybe, like, for example, the whole touching thing, that might be his dad or his mom. Hmm. And he's just like, fuck, like, because he says, I can't live here. He keeps referencing the foster home. But what I think it is, is I think that's his home. Hmm. And then the, the dying was when he had enough. And maybe for all we know, he killed his parents. Hmm. That's how oh, that's I would. That's how I would spin it. Because, Having because read volume a, two, your theory could still work. Because there's definitely si- signs in volume one where he slipped. There's time. There's. I, I. I wish I didn't write it down. I usually take like these little notes, but mm. there's one part in like five or I think it's issue five where he's just talking about stuff, and you're there. You're like, wait, that doesn't sound right. You said this and this happened, but that would suggest that you left. Like you, you like they would almost suggest that your parents are alive or one of them is alive. Okay. And I'm okay. Or, or they were alive before you left, which from my understanding they were supposed to be dead beforehand. Yeah. So it's just interesting. Quick review on the arcs. So first arc, I've already said my piece. I don't like the first arc. The first arc of like within yeah. this. Like yeah, so him him doing the, the test. No, the first arc is him on the streets. Okay. Don't like it. I, I do like the depiction of the, the time where his parents died. I think that was just sure. very, very well drawn. It was like, like, oh. like when you saw it, I was like, that hurt. That hurt me inside. I will say this. The art, beautiful. The detail, not so much. Agreed. The, I could agree with that. Yeah. The artist is wonderful, but detail is lacking. And that's one of the reasons I have a problem differentiating characters from one to the other at certain points mm-hmm. in the story, especially in the second volume. So I will give you that throughout the whole thing but story-wise i'm saying uh, act one him on the streets a little weak weak act two him in the school it's all right yes. I, I think it's very passable the like, reason it's I very like... typical well not i shouldn't say typical but it's what you would after you read it you're like this makes sense yeah uh you know, i mean even it's... the assignment makes sense yeah it the, the classic like new kid in school done in an assassin school is fun yeah it's, it's I, a lot of fun it, i really like that even the, the like uh there he's going through one of his uh courses and the, the guy's like explaining how to uh cut off a guy's head and he's like you want to do it this way because if you don't do it this way you'll still kill him but he'll feel it you yeah want, you, you want to be nice and just like finish it off for the person you're like huh so they can know how to inflict pain or no pain 
just yeah. like that. Like that was kind of cool. Yeah. So that so that arc that kind of and even that breakdown of the jocks. So I was mentioning this earlier. You have the breakdowns of the different cliques in school. You have the preps, rich kids, mostly CIA, FBI. Then you have Dixie Mob, Aryan Brotherhood, uh, Confederate holdouts who run of your run of the real rednecks. Uh, Soto Vatos, drug money cartel kids, Chico's in charge, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Jersey Kings, believe it or not, the dipshit in the yellow sweater is the son of Polly Cav- Cav- Caravaggio. So they're the Jersey Kings is the mob. Yeah. FWO, Final World Order, South Central Los Angeles Gang. And then you have the Kuroki Syndicate, Japanese gangsters, Yakuza, and so on. And then the out- later and on, you, you have, the, you have the outcasts that are not so formally introduced to you. Yeah, and they're not really connected to those particular no. cliques. Uh, and th- and that to me, so I like that whole take because it makes me think of, I guess John Hughes, kind of those like funny John Hughes teen movies mm. that are like you know any classic coming of age story set in a high school, mm-hmm. except you know people literally carry knives and they're not carrying the knives because they're the bad kid on on campus. They Every, need it. <laughs> everyone carries a knife because you need it to yeah, survive. It, it, you don't have a knife, you're first. Exactly. <laughs> Someone is going to kill you if you don't have a knife. Like, you need a knife at any given point to survive in the school. Unless you have a gun. It, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, the only, like, the kids in the school who don't have knives and guns are the ones you should actually be worried about because they're the ones probably studying poisons. Yeah. And or, then you, or they're like the Marshall, they're like the Jackie Chan exactly, that you never yeah, knew yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, that whole angle of it, great. Next arc where you kind of, you get introduced to who i guess i call the pig fucker yeah i guess or go fucker have, yeah yeah because he doesn't have a name or just uh jigsaw version 2.0 i mean yeah like, he, he has a cut up face it's all weird and yeah so the next arc is they introduce the who i guess is supposed to be the big bad overarching so if you were to break this down like you know serial series versus procedural the serial story is this guy in the background. Yeah. The procedural aspect is homeless kid, school episode, uh, mission story, which is the one you talked about mm-hmm. where they go on the mission and the, the homeless guy and the whole blah, blah, blah. The next arc after that is after he goes to the hole, it, I would call that the breakout arc because yeah. then they go to Las Vegas. They go on. Yeah. Well, technically, there's two parts of that arc. They go to what is like a Woodstock festival. Yeah, because they're, they're basically... Just to sum it up quick, while he's in the isolation or, or solitary, the kids break him out and they're like, oh, yeah, we've all been to solitary. Yeah, and we never stay. We always break out. And as long as you're back by curfew, for the lack of a better term, you're yeah. fine. And then he's like, okay, so what do you guys need me to do? Like, oh, well, we need to get, <clears throat> even though even though at the beginning they say don't kill, don't do unlicensed un, uh, kills, don't do drugs, yeah. don't have sex. And they're like, so we're going to go to Vegas where I, I, I want to get laid. <laughs> we want to pick up a bunch of drugs for the kids at school. And, we and we're going to kill my dad. dad. <laughs> and that's it. And then that's the next arc. Essentially, like, you know, the, the first arc was school. Then the next arc is assignment. And then the next arc is break all rules told in school. Yeah. It's 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 it's, it's, like, it's their um, it's like their Mardi Gras or their yeah. spring break. That's basically what it is. It's a, an yeah. ass- what would be an assassin school spring break? Vegas. Going to Vegas, and killing, killing people, people and drugs. Yeah. 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 So then you go through that arc and that arc starts off meh. You know, the whole thing with Marcus feeling like he knows what to do. When we've established at this point that Marcus is a homeless kid and not streetwise mm. and not gangwise, like you aren't a gangster, you weren't raised in this life. So the fact that he kept being really like, d- dude, this is the definition of hubris. Yeah. Like when 
when you know Seiya is saying to them, "Let me buy the drugs." This girl is legit a gang. She's like, she's like Japanese Yakuza. Yeah. Yeah. Like, she knows her. Like, let her do it. Uh, and and on top of that, Marcus and Willie hang out the most. Marcus really not that much of a killer so far. I mean, and Willie's fake. And Willie's fake. Willie's completely. And it's funny because they're they're kind of like a yin yang. Whereas he has the reputation, but he's fake. And then the other guy's like, well, I don't have a reputation, but I'm pulling the trigger. Oh, I see. What you you're know saying. what I mean? Yeah. Like they're they're kind of yin yangy, and I feel like that's going to end up imploding at one point because I think that Marcus is going to snap on Willie and be like, "Dude, you got stuff." Like because Willie keeps calling him basically a bitch many times because he's trying to keep his yeah. reputation. And I think one time in later yeah, but, on, you're going to have Marcus like snap at him if he doesn't grow a pair. But the other thing with Marcus, and we've seen this too, he has that whole conversation with Willie where he talks about manipulation and honesty. Hmm. But that's but that because that, that's though. a commentary on his own life though because he's being yeah, manipulated the whole he's time. He's po- he, but he the he, yes agreed. But he keeps pointing at people and saying it. Yeah, but he that, he but does that's... say at the end of statements it applies to me too. But you can't keep like he's too honest with assassins. It's a lifestyle where honesty can get you killed. But he doesn't know that yet. That's the learning he curve. Do- how do you? They're assassins. How do you not know that talking to assassins and saying too much shit will get you killed? Like nice that, guys are nice guys, bro. Uh, that's the problem, though, <laughs> and that's the problem again. He's not a nice guy, and I want him to be written psychotically and not as this naive kind of. But again, lost... he's doing the turn, though. He's doing. I think this is a story about a guy doing a turn. Maybe and that's you, the you th- just you. But you. But the thing is, you already know what the turn is, but you just want it to happen already. Yeah, because like when you see like, him in the yeah. first issues, he's depicting his life before, yeah, before whatever happens. Because like, like I said, I'm not convinced what he's saying is really what happened. But you see him as like the nice little kid with his toys and mommy and daddy and going on like Ferris yeah. wheels and this and that. And my parents did this to save me to make sure that I had a good life. Yeah. So he's going through the this process of the turn. Literally everything you described was everything I hated about the first issue. I have no interest in that stuff. I, I, and that's the thing that kind of sucks because so something that Toby di- and I discuss on Geektastic and we've even discussed here about character development. I don't need you to tell me the origin story. I don't want origin stories anymore. Yeah, but if, it's, but you if can't, it's new, you have to do it. No, though. you don't have to do it that way, though. I don't need a full issue of mommy and daddy raised little boy. Little boy goes to orphanage. Little boy does this. I don't need it told to me that way. Give it to me in snippets and flashbacks. Give it to me in one page. Give it to me the way they did it for the Hulk movie with the with Ed Norton, where it's all just clips playing through, and he's already on the run. But if you do that, because that's if what you, I, but if you do that or, for, or, or, or or Spider-Man too. But if you the, do that for established characters, okay. But this is not an established universe. But that's that's my point. Writers are so stuck on the order of storytelling that sometimes when they do that, it gets boring. It lacks original. Okay. Yeah. I could see that. I could see that. Because did you need to know all of that information about like? Okay, let's say this. Marcus is our star, right? Yeah. I'm okay with that. Willie's not our star, but we got Willie's entire backstory, motivation, and everything to bring him on par with Marcus in flashbacks in two pages. It's true. And wasn't it well done? Yeah, it was. That's my point. The writer knows how to do it. The writer did an excellent job of giving us Willie's backstory. Did it in less than two pages. Did it in panels and pages. And I know exactly everything I need to know about Willie. And I love it. Hmm. 
And that's the thing. If you could have done that with Marcus, you could have told me that exact same information with Marcus, where instead of like the, all that buildup in the first issue, and I know I'm harping on it and I'll, I'll move on, oh. but I just think that as a story, you could have moved it along a a little faster b the flashbacks would have been just as interesting i didn't need to know as much like that whole year of him writing in a journal mm. i'm oh, i'm sad I'm writing in my journal look a year has passed i've gone through a lot oh, you know mm. what do i care about that uh, especially if later on nothing where's the journal there's no referencing it there's no going back to it regularly he's not continuing to write in it from what i saw or at does, least can, can i ask as a spoiler does he continue to write it in the second volume no oh, okay the one thing about the journal that comes up in the second volume he hands it to another character to read his story he doesn't tell it because he says i can't say it it's too hurtful for me to discuss like it's too emotional for me to discuss but you can read it and hands the journal to someone and they read it and i remember thinking okay but you, like you could have just told me the importance of the journal in flashbacks again like hmm. or it, it, dude also we all know how important journals are i don't need a flashback of a year of you writing into a journal to know that a journal means something to you that's true like the whole point of a journal is you put it you're putting everything about your life in it that's fair again not trying to take away from rick he wrote a good story no you convinced me i'm i'm just ex i'm just saying that the way he structured the opening and how it leads into other stuff and the fact that he proved he knows how to tell backstory and flashbacks dude like i said and you agreed the willy stuff so dead on and the, uh, and like when he does it for maria even better oh really maria's backstory the way he does hers couple pages here big important thing here her like i mean you even get a little bit she even says it yeah. i was you know i was essentially your your bit your family's bitch exactly yeah. i was brought into you know pimped out to the son of the family of this warlord yeah and then the next time she brings it up you see the panels that lead up to that and it's like a few that and supports that, your, your comment as well and that that to me was the best part no 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 i'm 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 convinced yeah you, you converted me although no no i'll, I'll go on to the next start story arc though With well, the chico well i mean the whole i would say the whole uh when they go to woods the we'll call it van stock or whatever just it's not yeah, yeah, yeah. uh they go to like this van stock or whatever to get drugs where they need some hippies and then they end up going to vegas finally i think that whole arc is really cool because i initially when they were starting I'm like oh this is seems to be fear and loathing in las vegas yeah. and they end up even drawing one of the characters uh oh, who's the guy Who's the guy who wrote Rum Diaries and Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas? Oh, um, Hunter. Uh, Hunter S. Thompson. He's, yeah. His character is actually drawn in Vegas at one point. It's kind of yeah, cool. Yeah. I was like, oh, sweet. You guys are doing that. That's awesome. Um, but no, I thought all that was really cool. I thought it was actually really hilarious how they were drawing um, him stoned. Yeah. Like yeah. his like his whole like eyes, like how they're dilated and yes. like his reactions, like how he's like hiding underneath the car. And then like at one point, Willie's like, yeah, we're all good, but homie's tripping and then like you see Sai coming lean down underneath the car he's like honey it's yeah. like it's okay like the the made-up monsters in your head they're yeah, not yeah, real yeah, we yeah. have to go it, it's time and then then what's really eerie is that that girl maria who which is they make a comment about boys versus girls about how like yeah guys which i was like oh i feel like this is really spot on <laughs> When they're like, oh, guys will go after the, the unattainable girl, but by the end of the night, we'll go for the girl that they can get. 
yeah. then the guy's like, oh, well, like, by that, why, logic, why, don't you, why by that logic, you should get with me. And then yeah. the girl's like, no, because girls aren't like that. We just want what we can't have. Yeah. And then, like, when she's tripping with him and she's trying to calm him down, I love how she tries. She's, like, whispering in his ear. He's like, I'm tripping, too. And you're, like, yeah, yeah, you're yeah. like, that's not helping. Like, that's really not helping that I have no anchors right now, <laughs> which I just thought was really hilarious. I thought it was great. I, I That, like, the, the van stock, as you're calling yeah. it. Yeah. I thought that was awesome. I thought it was great. I thought and it was pure the, entertainment. Yeah, moving into, I I think, but I, I brought it up and I didn't finish that thought earlier. The hubris thing, that the that was the only thing that annoyed me about that part. But I think it also lends to the fact that the character really does, like, here's it. But he does it. He does it because you don't know why he's doing the hubris thing. Show off. It's not that. It's he he wants to be accepted. And he doesn't, he thinks that if he's not right, if he's not an alpha male, that he's not going to be accepted in this. It's clear the yeah, whole way you, through. You he eat an entire it. sheet of acid? Yeah, but no, yeah, but that's because he thought he was, they were getting screwed again and he was clearly wrong. But that's what I'm saying. That was hubris. Like that was, I am the best. I know the most. I'm the alpha. You're this, you think this guy can sell to us? You're wrong. I'm going to take this sheet of acid to prove it to you. And immediately get to buy it because he yeah. takes a full sheet of acid as opposed to a tab and the guy was just like you take a tab like that to me i mean it was it was funny because it leads to everything else that happens mm -hmm. but it was just like what is wrong with you like because that was my whole point if you don't know the lifestyle too well don't roll the <laughs> dice like that you idiot Man. It was great though. That was great. No, I, I thought the whole and even like the whole like his description of like the the trip and like oh they're leaving me alone and all that. The thing that's actually messed up is how he copes with it because he he kills a guy on acid. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He kills a guy on acid and then his reaction is like oh shit that was so real. I'm coming down now. I'm normal. Yeah, we got to figure this out because dude, I'm starting to peak again, man. Yeah. Oh, and you're like there. You're like this is not a good trip. <laughs> Like not to I, say like I don't want to comment on like how I've never done drugs. enough drugs. Like, yeah, you know, that's the thing. I've never done acid, but yeah. I assume it's a bad idea. I've been told, you know, I like, I had a friend who a friend of a friend once who who told me like it's he's like it's the worst drug. I'm like, oh, I I I would like to know another reason why I would never do it because I think chemical drugs are, are a little too intense, anyways. But he's just like the problem is whatever you think is gonna happen happens all suddenly in front of your eyes. I'm like. That sounds like the worst idea ever. So, like, with that, with that being the only knowledge I've ever heard anyone ever tell me, or even oh. an interview of anyone ever. Yeah. And then to be like, well, now this kid murdered someone on acid and is trying to figure out how to, like, handle shit. Yeah. On six tabs of acid. When well, he's, like, more. You're, like, you're it's there, a you're full like, sheet. Holy shit. Like a good old fashioned eight and a half by 11 letter sheet of paper yeah, cut into. Like, I think oh. you even see it at one point. Well, he said, it says six because he, they give him 10 and then he's like, then they're all popping when they're like, there's nine left. There's six left. And then he's like, oh, there's six. I'm eating them all. So it's like you're he there does and like take hits six hits of acid. So you're just shot. there, you're like, well, if the only thing that I know about it is that everything apparently comes true, and then you're in a position where because the way he, he walks in on the situation is also pretty fucked up because everyone leaves. Yeah, Billy. He's left with Billy. Yeah, Billy, who's this? Who's a kid from school who just basically hates his parents, specifically his dad, because his dad never liked him and he put him in the school to like get rid of him for lack of a better term. Yeah. He's like, oh, we're going to Vegas to kill my dad. And he's getting, which I'm assuming he's also still hopped up on the acid as well. He's like getting uh, antsy about the whole killing thing. He's like, so we're going to still do this, right? And it's like, yeah, 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 we'll do it. And like, he's just watching TV. He's like, oh, where's Billy? And he opens a door to like the next room and Billy's 
literally jumped on the top of his dad, who's like his dad yeah. built like a bear. And Billy's like this like, fifteen year old like, skinny kid. He's in his spine, like pulling the belt to try and choke him out. Yeah, and he's just like, "Help me!" And you're like, "What the f-? like?" I'd yeah. be there, like, "Is this real?" Yes, it is. Like, like it's it's weird. I found the part where you're talking about that, where you were saying Marcus, you think, and I, I get why you said that. You think that Marcus's parents aren't dead. Mm. Marcus literally says at one point, "I have to call my parents, apologize for killing myself, and for being such a fuck up." And yeah. then Billy says, "Marcus, your parents are dead." So that ma- that makes yeah. it that like is, mind you, he says that in a he's on acid, acid state. Yes, he's having a trip. If he's thinking that out loud, it like that could be a metaphor of like me killing myself means running away. Hmm. You know? Yeah. Like for all you know, there was a situation where he was fed up with them. Yeah. And then, for lack of a better, it could have been faked his own death. It could just mean that he just ran away. Yeah. Yeah. So you never know. You never know. Uh, the last arc, and I think the, I mean, I'm, I'm going to keep it short, short. Mm. the, the la the last arc to me with Chico felt like a video game where you fight a boss and then you realize that that's not the, the actual last boss. Yeah. Because he, they all like, he, he, Marcus fights Chico. Everyone shows up. You're all fighting Chico or I mean, not even all fighting. At some point, some of them are just talking to Chico to try and like, convince Chico, stop trying to kill Marcus. Yeah. You're going to get in trouble at the school. Master Lin's going to freak out because this is an unsanctioned murder. Like, yeah. you, you can't do this. And then Chico just stabs the kid. He stabs Billy. And he and, says he's going to kill them all. Yeah. Too. And he starts, like, going crazy. They finally end up beating him. Mm. Who kills who? Maria. Maria does it. Yeah. Which is the hardest part. Because Oh, actually... No, it's yeah, the, it it's is the, Maria. It's the easiest part in the sense that you understand why she does it. Yeah, because Maria the whole time has felt like she was essentially his whore. Yeah. Because she was handed over by the parents, his parents, Chico's parents, once they acquired her yeah. and, like, you know, was supposed to be the friend and then eventually the love interest. Yeah. But, yeah, she's the one that slits his throat. Yeah. And then that's where you meet Goatfucker. Yeah. And that's where that kind of boss mentality that I was saying, like, you know, you, you've played a level. You're the Ninja Turtles. you played the level. You get to the end. You fight this boss. The boss falls. But then the next, the actual big boss goes, but you haven't defeated me yet. <laughs> and then, like, runs off with the body well of the said. other one, you know? Completely and, well said. And that's exactly what happens. Like, But what's trippy about it is that, like, first of all, the only thing you know about this guy, first of all, like, if you think about the kids, right? The kids are like, okay, we just killed the dad of one of the, we just did an unsanctioned murder. Yeah. Some one of the kids tried to do tried to break like a thousand rules <laughs> and we just killed him, which is another unsanctioned murder. <laughs> yeah. And it's also a student murder, which we're not supposed to do. Yeah. OK, how are we going to figure this out? And then some random guy with like who's clearly drawn. If you watch it, he's clearly drawn, very intimidating. He's bigger than all of them. Yeah, yeah he's huge. Uh, Marcus, who's tripping on acid, is now completely tripping that this guy has entered the room, which would not make me feel safe at that point in time. Because I'm like, so far, you're the badass who's killed, like, three people. Yeah. And you're scared of this guy who just entered the room. Well, the and, the, the alleyway. Yeah. yeah, the alleyway. And then he basically grabs him by the head. He's like, oh, you guys train him because I don't want to beat him now. I want it to be a worthy fight. And you're literally like... Yeah, that's some anime what bullshit. What fuck is going yeah, on? Yeah, that's, that's very much an... At, like, that's such an anime thing where it's just like... Uh, you know, I'll like it's like Goku. Like Goku in Dragon Ball is always just like, oh wait, you're not at your strongest. No, no, I want you at your strongest. I want an actual challenge. But Goku does it in a sense of like, 
insane it's so innocent naive, it's, innocent it's, naivete it's, whereas like this character is just like oh you know who this character is like i'm gonna look it up i'm gonna look it up this character is like a character from um hunter x hunter the the one that's obsessed with the main character he he looks like a harlequin clown i'm gonna have to look it up but that character sexualizes his obsession with the main character really yeah Huh. He he like he he keeps telling them like there's times where he's protecting the main character in the in the sh in the show and in the anime specifically because he doesn't want he doesn't want anyone else to hurt the kid because he wants the pleasure of fighting the kid himself and he regularly is like you know def like uh, literally def like fighting people off to make sure that they don't hurt the kid because he wants the kid at his strongest. He, to the point where he even teams up with the kid, even though he's the villain. I feel like I may have read this before. Yeah, it's in Hunter x Hunter. I, I don't have the what? Hunter x Hunter character. But yeah, I, I mean, that character and that kind of sexualization of being evil. Because, oh, the, the main character is gone. And, hold on, I think I found it. Uh, antagonist. Hisaki Moro. Magician, serial killer... Speech balloons. No, I the Phantom Troop, Crow Lucifer. I think it is Haraki, the the first character I said. In any case, that character is like obsessed with him and keeps going out of his. That like, he is a deceitful, playful narcissist by nature, acting only, uh, only in his own self interest. Hisoka combines his magic tricks with violence, delights in battling those he considers strong to a point of sexual arousal. Hmm. Yeah. And he's a full-grown man who's chasing after, like, a 12-year-old boy and protecting him to make sure that once he's strong enough, he can fight him and sexualizes that. And creepily enough, this guy, Goatfucker, is overly... No, but it's the same thing. Like, it really is a thing of, like, he's overly sexual. He has an obsession with our character here. And he's... And, you know, when you meet him in the second chapter, he's one of those kids that throws around F-bombs, like, F-A-G bombs. Oh. Because and you start to think like, are you throwing those around because you actually are and you're trying to deflect? Mm. You know how there's that whole character yeah. development of like the the kid who, who who's like, who's been abused because of his sexual orientation, so he kind of turns it into something and like turns a, it like into a drive. yeah he internalizes it and makes it an anger yeah. and then he constantly keeps focusing at somebody. So in this book, he's focusing it at Marcus. That's fair. Yeah. Well, I think we've yeah, I think we covered everything. Covered every angle. At the end of the day, it's again to a certain degree a slow burn, uh, a little bit uh, structured as a classic, a bit of a long version of uh, storytelling. Yeah, it's definitely an origin story. But overall, I'll say this: by the end of the sixth issue, mm -hmm. I wanted to read more. I, that's I why I bought that. the second volume. That's so I I, re I read volume one and immediately read volume two. Okay. So I agree with you. We were supposed to read it. I probably shouldn't have read ahead because having that much like forward knowledge makes it hard to just limit what I yeah. discuss. But I still, yeah, I, I genuinely really do like it. No. Yeah. And I don't know. It's something about the style, especially about the art covers. It's just so... It's so rock, rock and roll to me. I just find like the way how well, it's, it's the just 80s. badass. It really it's is very punk badass. 80s style. No, it very much is. Yeah, it's a very, it's a very good nod. Like the whole and they and they keep that vibe in it. And it's really funny because I feel like I bet a lot of people be like, oh, this is a nice timepiece. And in my in my head, I'm like, oh, this is my life. 
<laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, this is what I lived through. So it doesn't, it's not so much a timepiece, which I think is the first time it's ever happened to me. But anyways, well, uh, well, I think that's done with the review. So we'll go on to our, uh, our next segment, Woo-hoo! which is uh, the classic uh, that's non-canon. Yep. So this is one where we take uh, two, we make teams of two, mm-hmm. throw them into a, a hypothetical gladiator pit and figure out uh, who's going to survive. So this one, uh, trying to keep up with the whole assassins theme of the of the episode. Yeah. Uh, we have uh, Miho. So Miho would be Sin City, the the Asian uh, mute assassin. Oh yeah, okay. Uh, very much. Uh, she has like that sexy look. She uh, has uh, double uh, katana blades. Yeah. She'll be teaming up with Bullseye, mm-hmm. Bullseye of uh, Daredevil fame, uh, versus Domino, the lucky Domino, and Wesley Gibson, the well, the assassin from from Wanted. I think it's a it's an interesting mirror effect, and uh, yeah. So what would you what were, what were your initial notes initial thoughts on this team? Miho dies immediately, and the, the whole thing turns into Domino and Wesley trying to kill Bullseye. Why would you say Miho dies immediately? She does not have luck on her side. Yeah, but she could easily fight Wesley. Because I honestly, Wesley I, can bend bullets. Yeah, Miho might be able to cut those bullets. How fast are you going to be though? Like, remember, mm. our scenario is we take these characters straight out of the comics. And throw them into the pit. So if they're thrown into the pit and they have their usual gear, you have Bullseye, who can literally turn anything into a weapon and has 100% accuracy. So he's not dying. Because anything you're throwing at him, he's throwing something to counter it and is not getting hit. Okay, that I was about to ask that's how are his, you getting out of that? Yeah, okay. that's his defense. Okay. Because he has that accuracy. He can see things and he's quick. So, you know, something's coming up, he throws something, he stops it. Like... He, he can still get hit, but you, you really got to work to hit Bullseye. It's not an easy shot. That's true. Domino, pure luck. So she is also, you know, Bullseye's throwing stuff. She's dodging because she's lucky. Wesley can actually, you know, has that insane accuracy that comes with the story. You know, not just in the horrible movie. <laughs> Every time I... You cringe. I almost, I almost have like a seizure when I think about... <laughs> How bad he is, but how bad it is, but um, yeah, he he's like a king assassin by the end of the the comic book, and is like nay impossible to like. I don't even know how to how do you describe him? How do you describe a king killer? Well, so this is what I think. I, I agree. I do think that Miho would be the first to to, to fall. That's the problem. Yeah, I agree she that she would fall. But this is what I think. I think that <clears throat> Bullseye would survive long enough. To basically mimic Wesley's power. Like, I think he would see it and be like, what the hell is this guy yeah, but doing? But his power's not mimic. No, no, no. But I'm saying because he has accuracy, right? Yeah. He's able to accurately do whatever he wants with bullets. So if he were to, like, observe, he's like, oh, why? what the hell is this guy doing? He's not shooting straight. Oh, he's doing his arm like that. Oh, that's how you do that. I'm going to try practice this a few times. I'm so accurate. I learn how to mimic it in like 30 seconds. I don't know about that. And then it becomes like, you know, bullseye versus a bullseye with your, one, what you're I, describing I, I, I is more taskmaster than bullseye. I guarantee you he'd be able to do it. Task because he's, ma- that's no, a taskmaster. His accuracy is not from mimic. It's no, from I know he's it's, pure accurate. Yeah, but if you're, if example, if he's learning to, because if you, could you argue that the, the wanted guy is just really accurate in how he's doing his thing? It's not an ability. It's not a mutant power 
he has. He he is accurate enough to move his arm in a way that bends bullets' tra- trajectory. Yeah. And if he's doing that, I guarantee. Because like example, if Wanted and Bullseye were on the same team in this scenario, which is the exact reason why he didn't do that, they would be well, best Wesley. friends Wesley. in two seconds. They'd be like. They would be best Just friends. killing people together. They, yeah, the whole time. And he'd be like, how did you do that? Oh, this is how I did it. Well, how did you do it? This is how I did it. That's, that's why I didn't put them on the same team. So I think that Bullseye would eventually kill Wesley. And the question is, do you think Domino's luck would outdo Bullseye? Or do you think yes. Bullseye would be able to eventually no. capitalize and destroy the luck? No. Her luck is an innate mutant ability. So then we should technically have done this without Domino. Yes. Well, why did you say that to the <laughs> Because I like that you put Domino because I was just like, in my head when you t- when you told me Domino's and I was just like, well, Domino's going to win because she uh, essentially cannot die. But no, but she's, lo- she's lost battles. She's lost battles in cases where it, I guess, if anything, they pushed her luck to the limit. What? Four people in a pit is not pushing her luck to the limit. I've seen Domino lose battles when it's like a hundred people yeah, trying but, to take but her you, out. If you have, let's say you have Domino versus Bullseye and Bullseye's just throwing things constantly at her, wouldn't eventually... Nah, I don't see it. You don't see it? Even if you into your scenario, Wesley falls because Bullseye figures out what he's doing and kills him. Miho's dead, Bullseye's kills Wesley. You now have Bullseye versus Domino... You don't think you don't think that Bullseye? I think Domino could literally rope a dope him. You think so? Yeah, but like Muhammad Ali style, she's just gonna move around. He's gonna tire out, and then when she gets her chance, she kills him. Hmm. I honestly think so. I don't think Domino falls to Bullseye that easily. I think that I think because here's the thing. I'll, I'll give you. I'll give you Let's, that. I think fatigue would set in. I, I give. Yeah. I give. I guarantee that if there was no fatigue, I think Bullseye would win. But because of fatigue, I think that <clears throat> Domino would win. Yeah, because if Bullseye starts, like, ricocheting shots, Domino still has luck, and the luck will still factor in a trajectory, try- something but, trying but to kill her. But her luck isn't 100%. Like, for example, how, how, how have I put this scenario for a second? For every 50 bullets or things he throws at her, two things nick her. Okay. Do you think he'd be able to, or even, even less, it'd be more like after 20 items that he throws, two things nick her. So one in 10. So one in ten. Ten percent. Ten percent. Do you think that he'd be able to shoot enough stuff to eventually make her not faster than she can shoot at him, and he doesn't have luck on his side? That's my thing. But but, but then he would also like. But as you were saying before, he'd be able to shoot stuff to deflect he, that. And in with that, then he can't shoot at her and shoot to deflect. He has two hands. As fast as her luck can protect her, and she shoots. No. That's what I'm saying. She has the advantage when luck's on her side. In the scenario you're describing. If one of them is luckier, yeah, <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah. Even if, yeah, that's what I was asking. Even in your scenario, yeah, yeah, even yeah, if you play yeah. it out, she still wins with luck. Okay, so basically everyone dies with Domino. <laughs> yeah, that, that's what I'm going with. I'm everyone agreed. dies with Domino. Agreed. I think Domino comes out on top. Of I should have chose a different place. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, mean, I should have chose. I Bubba Fett against... was one of them, and I said he was going to die immediately too. So, <laughs> well, because you know, because I was for the girls the. The, the list for when I was initially thinking this, uh, because I was also I was trying really hard not to necessarily pick OP assassins. Yeah, that's like, the thing. I, like I couldn't choose assassins like Lobos of the world, as OP. you know. Yeah. So I was like, I gotta choose Domino because it, it's Domino. But the other person at, at bat would have been Talia Ghoul. But I was like, I don't think she should. Her Lady Shiva would have been the person involved. I'm like, I don't know if 
Well, well yeah. we're not having that discussion we'll now. Sorry, listeners. Yeah. You don't get to actually yeah. hear that one. But you could you could reply to us and Yeah, and, and let us know. It. Once again, you guys can always hit us up uh, in the comments on this episode when we post it on Franklin Armstrong the page. Franklin Armstrong mm-hmm. Collective is Facebook.com slash Franklin Armstrong D O T C O M. Or you guys can leave comments on A Strong Franklin on Instagram. But yeah, I mean yeah, I guess we'll never know. We'll have yeah, to make it another episode. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Going into our final segment, this is Final Thoughts, where we decide, would we recommend this book to people? Uh, Hells no. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. Uh, in short, definitely would. Yeah. I think it's I think it's a very interesting read. Yeah. Uh, I, I get your perspective about the character development, but I actually enjoyed it. I, I, yeah. I, like, I, I do agree that there could have been some pages that were slashed out. I think the overall was pretty good. And I think it's compensated by the fact that, as you were mentioning before, all the other characters, they do quick. I think the reason why they gave him a little bit of extra shine, so to speak. Well, he's a main character. Yeah, exactly. It's just because of that. Don't uh, get me wrong. Again, I still think development for main characters is important. I just think the way you do it should yeah. be adjusted because we've, 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 it's, you know, 6,000 years of storytelling and we always tell the stories the same way right. where we, create these backgrounds for these lead characters over and over especially if you're a comic book reader especially if you're a comic book reader it's hard for new characters to gain any traction because people don't want the origin story of characters or at least they don't want it described that way again i think i I personally really enjoy uh the the art style for it uh overall i think it's also a very interesting comment my my only thing that that i didn't it's not even that i don't like it's just that when i'm reading this book i feel like i want to be like when the book makes me laugh because something happens that's cool but when just something makes me laugh in a serious book it kind of throws me off and I, I know i've mentioned it once or twice in this thing and it you know it might even sound a little stereotypical but seriously the the master looking like a, yeah him looking like an asian magoo just makes me laugh all the time Every the, time I look at him on the thing, I'm like, I cannot take this character t- seriously. In the TV series, he's going to be played by Benedict Wong, who played Wong in Doctor Strange. Okay, well, then he's not going to look like so him. That's, that. That, like, was that, that, that was one thing that I thought That's going to be a saving grace. Because I'm sorry, like when I looked at him, I'm like, first of all, I you think it's a little... Grace, I, I, I think it sucks. I, no, because I, the thing is, when I saw him initially, I'm like, I feel like it's almost a little racist how he drove him. I was like, uh, no, it's like, not racist. Not, not racist, it's, but it's, it's very stereotypical. It's excessively yeah. stereotypical, which is fine. But which is fine. I, I'm not, I mean, that's not a bad comment. It's just I don't like, even, I, I laughed. I don't even think it's stereotypical. If you were to draw an elderly Asian man who has dis- been described as being part of an Assassin's League, le- like legacy Assassin's League, and he's an old Asian man, I would expect him to be a small Asian man, no hair, long facial hair. I'm okay with that. I don't think. I, I, I mean, you use race. I, I mean, you, you, if anything, you say it's stereotypical, not racist. Yeah, I, I meant to correct myself. But, it's more but stereotypical. I feel like when it comes to writing and drawing comic books, that's probably you're right. Stereotyping is boring because mm. it, it makes it boring for the story. But that also made sense to me. Mm. Um, well, do you have any other, uh, before I give my grade, or do you want to give my grade? No, give your grade first. I'll go. Uh, I saw a three point five. Okay. A solid 3.5. If Honestly, I could argue it to even be more, but it's only not more because I didn't get to, to read more. Yeah. So my take on it, again, already explained, so I won't go over that the first part again. Writing, great. Art, very well done. Detail, not as well done. Uh, character development, other than the lead character, exceptionally well done. I thought every character got just enough, and the characters that blossomed in this story arc were given exactly the amount they needed you got just enough you needed for maria you got just enough you needed for willie you got just enough you needed for bill those characters 
you found their motivation, you knew why they did everything they did, and it, it was well done, excellent storytelling. You know, Rick Remender really went all out with this one. Uh, I just think, like I said, lead character doesn't need uh, as much. Um, I'm interested to find out more about Saya. I'm interested to find out more about... Um, uh, I think so, that's it, right? Saya's the only one that you, in that particular group... And that particular group is yeah, the one that you're Maria, lacking. Maria, Bill, Willie, Marcus... And Saya. Yeah. And Saya is the only one that we don't find out about. That in, and, in, in Pigfucker. Yeah. Well, you find out. Yeah. But volume two, you find out literally everything about his motivation. Awesome. So, the, which is fine. Uh, might make me read it. Because if, if anything, this is one thing I'll, I'll take uh, in, in one of the notes. Mm -hmm. There, Out of all the episodes we've done. Yeah. Because we've read a lot of things I would never regularly read on my own. Mm. This almost is as intriguing for me to continue reading as Saga. Saga, don't get me wrong, is mm. the one that we had that was five five points across the board. It's yeah. one of the best books we, we've, we've reviewed. Yeah. I still want to make the time to read all of Saga. But this would be the sec. Like, if Saga was my number one, this is my number two out of the stuff that we've read so far that I, I want, want to continue. To continue. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, th like I said, I bought book one and book two and read book one and immediately picked up book two and continued reading it. And as soon as I finished book two, I was just like, I have to go get book three. And I, I think I, I didn't because I might be getting it as a gift because the season is coming up. Yes, but, it is almost Christmas. Uh, so I didn't because uh, I hinted. But if I don't, I will get it <laughs> myself. <laughs> the 25th. Excuse me, darling. Open everything well, you know, up. Uh, where are you going? The comic book shop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, sometimes your partner asks you like for uh, gift ideas and you're just like, uh, I don't know. And then so in this case, I very much hinted at book one and book two were excellent. Clan day, clan day. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I think a solid 3.5. I think you're right. 3.25. 3.25. <laughs> I think you're right. 3.25. Yeah. 3.5. Like, like, uh, I love when people would immediately renege. Well, but it's only because it it, it has a, a six on five and not because it's poorly written uh, or it's... It, a six on five. That's pretty... Well, so, no, because... Yeah, you, you just said six on five. No, 6.5. Oh, okay. Yeah. 6.5 to me is it loses though. It's not perfect. It's not... It, I, I, I'm not, you know, dying for all of it. I, I very much wanted to read the next one, but I want to read the next one just because of how they ended this one. Like you ended it on such a cliffhanger that I'm like excited for the next one, but it's not a matter of like, it's not like saga where like saga could have ended with no cliffhanger. And I'd still want to know what happens next because you built such an amazing world that I'm so interested in exploring. Whereas in this one, I'm not interested in exploring the world of young assassins. Like, Again, why not? Uh, it's so lovable. It's it's cool and fun. And had you done more of the high school thing, I'd probably be into it because I like the idea of assassins in high school. Mm. But because we ventured so far from the high school, I was like, Meh, we're we're in the real world. They're they're high school kids. They shouldn't be in the real world already. At that point, just give me regular assassins in the real world who work at a clandestine organization or something. I don't know, like crossing paths. Give me something like Lazarus. You know, Lazarus, okay. I don't know if you ever read Lazarus, but not. Lazarus is this same similar thing where every house has an assassin that's, you, you know, the like one of the children in the family is the assassin for the family and assassinates other people on behalf of the family. And this is, you know, if you had taken Lazarus and put each of those characters into school, it would be deadly class. Okay. So anyways, 3.25. 
good read definitely worth it volume two also very interesting maybe we'll review that one day we'll see and uh yeah that's pretty much it guys cool that's it that's it all right well uh i guess uh you know enjoy your whatever the day week it is for you yeah and november what did i say november 37th 27 18 or something yeah something like yeah that. so when you're listening to this in the future on in an alternate reality where november has 40 days yeah exactly. <laughs> I, I like that you're like it's not 37 days, it's 40 days but yeah you know. uh, total yeah, yeah i mean yeah, obviously, yeah, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> um but no yeah no uh come listen come give comments on uh, the franklin armstrong collective website yep um you know follow me at uh merc underscore witta that's w-i-t-t-a underscore mouth and, uh, you know, check us out on square-idea.com. Most likely when you're listening to this, there'll be other I issues. I you of... say this every week. <laughs> I know, but it's hard because it's you're like, like it's most likely. likely things will be out. But it's because I have no idea when you're listening to this and I don't want to lie to people. Well, if anything, not the people. if anything, let's not even say it that way. Let's just say, check us out on square-idea.com. There's content. You should love it. Hey, you know what? And now we pay uh, Brian because he's officially our mascot now. Hey! <laughs> Sponsors. There you go. <laughs> and then if you guys want to check out everything Frank and Armstrong related, check us out, franklinarmstrong.com. You can go to the podcast page. All the podcasts are there. You have Geektastic Cypher. That's canon, this show. You have Can Them. You have Running With Wolves. And then you also have The Morning Detour, which is a live radio show here done here in Montreal that is rebroadcast on franklinarmstrong.com. That is the whole show, guys. Thank you very much. You can always check us out on Frank franklinarmstrong.com facebook.com slash franklin armstrong d-o-t-c-o-m and on instagram and twitter at a strong franklin thank you so much for tuning in we had blast shout outs to toby uh, at that fit dude he'll be back soon in the next episodes hopefully and uh he you know he's on his hustle i respect yeah. it i can't yeah, even be yeah. i can't even be mad that he's not here because he's out there you know making that big business mm -hmm. and then once he gets there he can like drag us up the hill <laughs> with the rope and pull us pull us, <laughs> us, up the bring hill us along drag us along i mean <laughs> he has the muscle <laughs> So shout outs to our boy Tobes. And uh, that's it. That's all, guys. We're out. Peace. Peace.